subscribe to Mr. Biz Radio, Biz Talk for Biz Owners. If you're ready to stop faking the funk and take your business onward and upward, this show is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right, welcome to the famous slash infamous show that I do. I've been doing for the last uh, few years to prepare you to be successful in the coming year. So this show is going to come out uh, on December 30th of 2022. And we're going to talk about, what do you think? How about some 2023? How about some 2023, baby? I'm even dressed up like New Year's Eve right here. Okay. Um, So I wanted to talk a lot about some of the things that I see coming um, in the economy. So I want to talk about the economic outlook, um, a lot of different things there, the interest rates, uh, the labor market, uh, supply chain issues, the stock market. Uh, I'm going to go through some of those things, give you a little bit of historical context on those. And then I'm going to give you uh, some opportunities. But first of all, I'm going to give you what I, th- I think is going to happen in 2023 as well with those um, to predict, give you some predictions on what to expect. And then I'm going to give you some opportunities based on how I think things are going to play out in 2023 and on how you can be out in front of those and take advantage of opportunities and be set up for a successful, mega successful 2023. Because even though we're you know in the recession, headed to a recession, how long is it going to last? What are, what's going to happen with all these different things? That's what I want to talk about is what to expect with all those things. Does that sound cool? All right. So so you're stuck with me. No guests. Just uh, just some Mr. Biz predictions for 2023 to help you uh, have a really good year. So the first thing I want to talk about is, as a matter of fact, it just happened uh, a few days ago. The uh, You guys probably heard about this. You see it in the news. At least you see the headlines about the FOMC meeting. Um, that's the group. It's, it's the uh, Federal Open Market Committee is is the uh, what that acronym stands for. And they meet, I think they meet eight times a year, typically, unless they have emergency meetings. And they decide what to do with interest rates. So let me give you a little bit of context, a little bit of background on that, because I think a lot of people, again, if you're not into the economy or economics and you just hear the headlines, you're like, okay, I don't even know exactly what that means. Okay, interest rates are up again. Got that part. I don't know what all this means. Well, so the FOMC, which is part of the Federal Reserve, I won't go into a whole lot of weeds here, uh, but I want to give you some context so you know exactly what it is. So they literally have two goals. That is why the FOMC was was uh, started, was started back in 1994. And the, the two things that they are required to do are to keep prices stable, i.e. inflation, um, and to maximize employment, i.e. deal with unemployment. So generally speaking, on a very simplistic level, um, to give you a little bit of context, and by the way, when you're at a cocktail party or something, you're going to sound really smart if you throw some of these things out to people because most people don't know this, those things, right? So generally what happens is, you, why do they raise interest rates? Why do they drop interest rates? What the heck is the driver of that? Well, of course, there's a whole bunch of variable factors in that. But generally speaking, based on those two goals of keeping prices stable and maximizing employment, they raise rates when inflation is high, right? So that's, that's what you're, we're seeing this year. As a matter of fact, this is crazy. So in the history of the FOMC, so since 1994, so, you know, whatever, 30 years, almost 30 years, there's only been five times in those 28 years or so that they've had rate changes of at least 75 basis points, which is a fancy way of saying 0.75%. Uh, only five times in 28 years until this year. So this year in 2022, they had four 
75 basis point changes in only five months. So between June and November, they raised it four times. In 28 years prior, they'd only done that five times where they had had change of at least 75 basis points. So just to show you how aggressive they're being uh, this year and how they've been to kind of put it into historical context for you, like, holy crap, this is like big, big stuff. Now, so on the flip side of that, so that, again, they raise rates when inflation is going high. That's presumably what, what happens then. As they increase rent, interest rates, inflation is going to drop. Um, the cost of goods, keeping prices more stable, it, uh, uh, it's a lever, basically. Now, on their second goal of maximizing employment, what they do is when unemployment, uh, they drop rates when unemployment is high. So you can understand this is kind of where they're at. So, you know, we've obviously had inflation has been kicking us in the butt globally, as, as, but especially, um, well, the United States doesn't have as bad as some of the uh, European uh, countries and even in Asia as well. But that's where they've been really had to be aggressive because obviously inflation has been very high, um, still over 7% uh, at the time of this recording, which is historically, you know, we hit a high that we hadn't hit in almost 40 years uh, earlier this year. Now it's come down a bit. Again, now we're, we're hanging in the low sevens uh, inflation-wise, but I'm sure all of you guys are feeling this uh, as consumers, as business owners, et cetera, because you're seeing it everywhere. Um, so the current uh, Fed rate is 4.5%. So with the most recent increase they had, it's currently at 4.5%. They won't have another FOMC meeting unless they have an emergency one, which I don't anticipate they'll have to. They won't have another one until I think uh, late January is the next one, January of 2023. And they'll see how things played out uh, during the holiday season. What was consumer spending? You know, did people really, you know, spend less during the holidays? We don't have that data. Some preliminary data that's been in so far, though, has actually been a little surprising and a little bit alarming from a consumer perspective. Good from a business owner perspective that spending is up, actually, Preliminarily, uh, during the holiday season, spending is up, consumer spending is up, which you would think people were in a recession where, you know, this isn't going to end anytime soon. You would think that people would be kind of battening down the hatches, maybe spending a little less during the holiday season, et cetera, especially with interest rates going up. Um, so what I would tell you is, uh, as a business owner and as a consumer, the one caution, you've already seen it already this year, but you're going to see more of it is if you have any debt that is a, has a variable rate on it, so it's not a fixed rate debt, credit cards are a great example if you're carrying any credit card debt, but there's a lot of other things. So as a business owner, you might have a line of credit. Most lines of credit, uh, commercial lines of credit are variable. So those are going to continue to go up. So what, what I would expect, my prediction for 2023, is there's going to be a few more rate increases in 2023. However, I don't think they'll be as aggressive. Um, they just, just lifted it 50 basis points uh, during the meeting a uh, uh, few days ago. I think we'll start to get into maybe one more 50 basis points, again, depending on how things play out for the holidays. And then probably a couple 25 basis point increases, I would expect. However, I would think after that, we should start to see inflation continue to come down. Um, I think that'll be good, obviously, for everybody um, as consumers, as well as business owners and you know, your cost of goods, et cetera, the cost of materials, the cost of everything is going to decrease with that, with inflation coming down. But I wouldn't expect, so it's going to take a while, right? So it's you know that, that, that lump going through the snake. It takes a while for it to get all the way through. All these aggressive changes they've made, it's going to take a while for that to kind of filter through the economy. And again, the holiday season where consumer spending is the highest, obviously, the, of the entire year, 
kind of complicates that a little bit. So again, that's what I want to see. It's kind of difficult to predict without knowing that data yet. But I wouldn't expect to see, I would expect to see again, a few more cuts. And then towards the end of the year, probably they'll have meetings and not make any, any changes at all. No increases, no decreases. As the economy settles, as inflation starts to settle, we're probably going to see unemployment increase a bit. Um, we're going to talk about that uh, during the next segment. But um, I would expect that you won't start, you'll start to see some cuts, probably not until mid to 2024. So we're going to be at these interest rates, I think, for the next probably 18 months or so before you start to see reductions. So that's uh, kind of where things are from that perspective on the economic outlook as far as interest rates, um, what the FOMC is, how they make their, their, their changes, where, why are they doing it, where are they doing it, and what I think is going to happen next year. We're going to come back after the break and talk about labor and what that's going to look like for 2023. If you would like to reach hundreds of thousands of business owners every week, Mr. Biz Radio can help. Our show airs globally seven days a week for more than 25 hours across several internet radio stations plus 20 plus podcast platforms. Also, video exposure on the new exclusive Mr. Biz Network streaming channel, which gets blasted to 100 plus streaming platforms and the Mr. Biz YouTube channel and our 350,000 social media followers multiple times every week. Join Mr. Biz Nation as an advertiser by emailing us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Are you ready to automate your business? Automation is the key to scaling a business and building wealth. It's also one of the most difficult things for a small business owner to do on their own. If you're looking for help with automation, Pulse Technology CRM can help. We have an exclusive offer for Mr. Biz Nation. We will build everything for free, even if it's a sophisticated funnel. Visit thepulsespot.com forward slash Mr. Biz for this exclusive offer. Got a question for Mr. Biz you want answered on air? Email it to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, all right, all right. So uh, it's also Mr. Biz Tip of the Week. I forgot to mention that uh, to close the last segment, of course. And I can tell you guys that have been listening or watching the show for any length of time, the last tip of the year, and that's what this one will, when this will come out on uh, December 30th, is always, and for the foreseeable future, will always be how I close every show of Mr. Biz Radio. And that is cash flow is king. It is so important. That's why I put it as the last one as a reminder to people. And especially right now, as we're in this recession, we're in a high inflation rate. Uh, environment. Uh, we're having all these different challenges or anything. You got to remember it's about cash flow, cash flow. Without cash, you don't have a business. And again, I've mentioned this many times before, 82%, you only see all these statistics about businesses failing, startups and how long they last and everything. 82% of businesses that fail, fail due to cash flow challenges. I mean, holy crap. So get that right. And you don't have to worry about 18 other percent, right? <laughs> so that's the way I look at it. So that's the Mr. Biz tip of the week. Uh, for this week. Now, let's talk about labor. Uh, again, if you're a business owner and you've got a team, a large team, small team, doesn't matter, you're probably wondering about what's going to happen because everyone has been facing these challenges. I know I've got clients, it, geography, industry, nothing has been immune to the labor challenges that have been, at least in the United States, and I'm sure uh, I'm not as familiar with uh, things uh, across the pond, but I know there have been challenges there and actually some places that are much worse off uh, than they are in the United States. 
But I got a little bit of an intriguing aspect this I want to cover because you, you're probably not going to hear this so much in the media. Um, and that is, so the current uh, unemployment rate as of November of uh, 2022, uh, the December numbers haven't come out yet. They'll come out uh, in about, what, about six or seven days, I think. So I don't have those yet. But the most recent unemployment numbers in the U.S., is, uh, they are 3.7% is the unemployment rate. Now, to put that in perspective, a little context for you again. We've been running in the 35 to 3.7%-ish unemployment window, uh, you know, variable range there from uh, 3Q of 2019 to now, with one exception, of course. Uh, as you can imagine, during COVID, uh, we had, I think it only lasted basically two months, but it spiked up to 14.7%. Nuts. The, the, those numbers haven't been seen since late 70s, early 80s. But we know why it was. And, and again, it spiked up, I think, one month it was 14.7%. I, I believe it was April of 2020. In May, it came down to like nine, and then it got down the next month. You know, it made its way back down that kind of three and a half percent range. Um, but the thing I want to mention to you um, that you probably won't hear in the media, and that is that rate, one thing that's misleading is it doesn't capture what's called labor participation. Now, what the heck is that, right? Again, I promise I'm not going to get too far in the weeds, but this is important for you to recognize because you're wondering, geez, why, you know, unemployment's so low, you know, what's going on here? You know, how can it be easier for me to hire folks, et cetera? So uh, the labor participation rate, what that measures is able-bodied people between the ages of 15 and 64. So again, this is all US-based. So if you're watching, uh, you know, I'm not sure what they are, again, something outside the United States, but the statistics... So that late, so that tells you of that of the able-bodied people between the ages of 15 and 64, what percent of that population is actually participating, i.e., is either employed or seeking employment. This is this is going to blow you away, and this is again why you might not see this in the media for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to get into all that, um, but that number, that labor participation rate, peaked in 1997, and it peaked at about 77 percent. So almost eight out of 10 people between the ages of 15 and 64, they're able-bodied, were either working or were looking for work. So you might be asking, and I'm going to tell you, what is that rate now? I hope you're sitting for this one. And if you're a business owner, you might already be anticipating what I'm about to tell you. That labor participation rate right now, the most recent number that's been published is 61.5%. So 77%, almost eight out of 10. Now we're down to almost six out of 10. That's a 20% reduction. Uh, depending on how you look at it, 20-ish percent reduction. Now, what that means is, again, only about six out of 10 people, 15 to 64, are seeking employment, are employed or seeking employment. It's puzzling to me, um, and I'll get into that in a second. So what I like to look at is what I call the adjusted unemployment rate. And that is, what is the unemployment rate? And then, you know, what would it be if we had a higher labor participation rate? So by my calculations, the adjusted unemployment rate, which I, what I would call, frankly, for me as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, what's most important to you is the adjusted, the Mr. Biz adjusted unemployment rate. Right now, it's about 4.4%, which is, relatively speaking, over the last 20 years is pretty high. Um, now, the question remains, and I'm sure a lot of you are thinking the same thing, what are all these people doing? How are they not working? Again, there's a lot of different theories behind that. There's a lot of different moving parts to it. Um, 
you know, a lot of the gov government subsidies that people were, were able to get during COVID, um, to my knowledge, most of those have dried up now. So I don't know if I, I'm honestly not sure. And I actually spoke with an economist friend of mine uh, about a week ago about this. And, you know, they're puzzled in the you know, economist world. They're puzzled as well. Like, where are these people going? How, how are they paying their rent? How are they paying their mortgages? How are they making their car payments and buying food and all this other stuff? So keep that in mind that labor participation rate really gives you a full story of what the heck is going on in the labor market. So I would expect, again, we're going to, as I mentioned a little bit uh, last segment about when I talked about the FOMC and, you know, again, when unemployment is high, uh, they drop rates. I don't expect we're going to start to see that. I think unemployment will start to creep up um, as we get into 2023. We, we will not stay in the 3.7%. I think we're going to get over non-adjusted. Um, we'll get over the 4%, maybe even up in the four and a half, close to 5%. And at some point, probably I would guess once we hit in that four and a half to 5% range is when they'll start to drop interest rates. Um, again, start making reductions to that uh, as opposed to the increases they've had to try to stem off inflation. So again, I don't anticipate that's going to happen probably until maybe the middle of 2024. Um, so what I'm unfortunately here to tell you is there are the labor challenges are probably not going to get better in the foreseeable future for the, you business owners out there. A lot of different ways you can go about that. We'll, we'll have to do another show about that as well, of, of being able to attract good people. It's not always about the money, different things you can do there. Jeez, um, got about a minute left in this segment here. So I, I still want to talk to you about, uh, number one, I want to hit on supply chain. I want to hit on the stock market uh, briefly. Actually, let me do the stock market right now, because I think that's probably the one that you know, you're interested in, but not as much as a business owner. But so the stock market right now, I would anticipate what we're going to see the first half of 23 is going to kind of be around the lows of what we've seen in 2022. So depending what index you you track to the S&P 500, et cetera, I think that the first half things are going to, again, depending on consumer spending uh, of this holiday season, but I think they're going to kind of stick around the lows. However, I think you'll see an acceleration during the second half of 2023. I think what will end up happening is by the time we get to the end of 2023, we're going to see year-over-year -year stock market gains, overall stock market gains in the 12 to 15%. So meaning where we ended 2022 versus where we're going to end 2023 over the entire year, I think we're going to end up seeing 12 to 15% year-over-year gains in the stock market. So that's a good thing. You won't see those. I don't think start to, that start to climb up until the second half of the year, though. So don't shoot me in April when you're like, I thought this thing was going up. Uh, I don't anticipate that. All right. So the last thing I want to cover, we're going to cover it in the next segment. I want to talk to you about supply chain. I'm sure that's impacting a lot of you guys. And then again, talk to you about some opportunities and things you can do to combat some of these challenging things in the economic environment for 2023. How would you like to have direct access to Mr. Biz to help you run your business more profitably and more efficiently? At MrBizSolutions.com, you get live access to not only Mr. Biz, but also several of his hand-picked and trusted business experts, each with 20-plus years of experience to help you optimally manage and grow your business. That's just the start of where Mr. Biz Solutions begins. Learn more at MrBizSolutions.com. That's MrBizSolutions.com. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day -day tasks 
like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at checkoffyourlist.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Check out all three of Mr. Biz's best-selling books at mrbizbooks.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, so I uh, got a decent amount to cover. We've got only one segment left here. We've got nine minutes. I want to dive in pretty quickly here. So supply chain. Uh, maybe some of you guys have been sitting out there watching, listening, and saying, when's he going to get the supply chain? It's freaking crushing me. It's been crushing me. Um, so again, let me put this in the con- context for you a little bit. And some of you have seen this, and I'm talking about the overall uh, market of, in the supply chain. So your specific area in the supply chain could be obviously better or worse than this, but this is for the overall, again, I can't uh, specify it to an industry. Um, you know, I don't, the show is not just for one industry, right? Um, so lead times are still, you guys are going to know this already, but lead times generally in the supply chain are still about 85% higher than they were pre-pandemic. There's a couple of different things that are keeping it up that high. Now there are some good news. There's some good news too. And I'm going to get that in a second, but two primary challenges that are keeping that number high. Um, one of them is hopefully going to change soon uh, or will be changing over the next several months. And one, maybe not based on what I just talked about. The two primary things that I see that are drivers in keeping that number as high as it is, is number one, the COVID restrictions in China. Obviously, there's a lot of things that are coming out of China as a primary manufacturer in, the, in uh, globally, and they just recently have been get, have begun to lift some of their COVID, the very very strict COVID restrictions that they've had over there. Because if you are aware, I'm sure you've seen it some of the news. So obviously, COVID hit super strict. They started to loosen things. They had an outbreak again. They tightened down really tight again. They're just starting to 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 open the doors a little bit more on that and um, restrict or sorry, uh, drop some of those restrictions. I hope that that continues. So that will hopefully change, right? So it's gonna take some time and hopefully they'll do it slowly so they don't have another outbreak where they you know, tighten things up again because that's obviously gonna cause a problem and drive the numbers back up. The other part, unfortunately, that I think is a big driver in keeping that number so high is our labor shortages. And you know, I just talked about the labor issues uh, last segment and how I don't think that those, unfortunately, uh, they're not going to change uh, significantly, make become significantly better anytime soon. Um, I do think that they will start to get a little better as we get into, you know, again, mid-2024, uh, late 2024, but that doesn't do us much good for the next 18 months. Um, another thing that's, you know, another a couple of things on the supply chain before um, I talk about some opportunities here. Another thing that's really driving this, and you guys have seen this, if you get anything that comes to you via a, a, a trailer, flatbeds, et cetera, the cost of diesel. So, you know, the, the government's been, uh, you know, saying, oh my gosh, the cost of gas has come down so much, you know, and it has over the last six months or so. The cost of diesel, however, currently is still 60% higher than it was last year in 2021. So 60% higher. Of course, those diesel chargers are going getting passed on via freight charges to you if you're receiving things. Now, here's some silver lining. You guys like this part. So uh, recent statistics show, so flatbeds, just in general. Uh, and I should mention that, uh, but you might not know this, a little interesting fact. You might be able to win a trivia contest on this. Maybe, maybe you'll get this question on Jeopardy. Um, rail actually carries about 30% of the overall supplies in the country. So 
obviously we've had some rail challenges in the country and the government had to step in and uh, avert a strike. Not sure how that's going to play out. Um, again, there's a lot of political things moving back and forth on that. So stick a pin in that one, as they say, not sure what the heck is going to happen with rail. Hopefully they continue to, to avert a strike and don't have anything like that, because if so, again, it's going to impact 30% of the market. So I mentioned that. Now, the silver lining I mentioned, flatbeds. So the most recent statistics show that flatbeds, it's going to sound bad at first, per trailer, they're, right now they're, they're about the uh, supply and demand issues with that. There are about 12 loads per trailer that's available. So, you know, obviously the best would be one to one. Well, what's 12 to one, which sounds pretty bad. However, it peaked in May of 2021. So about a year and a half ago, it was at 97 loads per trailer. So 12 doesn't sound great, but it sounds way freaking better than 97, right? So there are things that are, that are you know, that's actually getting better. So that's something to keep in mind. That said, supply chain issues, I think, you know, as they've, they have improved slightly, some of the freight uh, charges and some of the non-diesel related freight charges and um, uh, some of the, the delays and everything, they've, they've come down a little bit. I don't, I think we'll start, you know, see some improvement there, but I don't think we'll see anything significant there again for probably at all in 2023. Again, slight changes to the better, but I don't see anything on the horizon that's going to really shift that and make it, oh my gosh, it's so crazy. It's so much better. Um, I think it's going to take us a while. If we ever get back to pre-pandemic levels, it's going to be challenging and it's going to take a while to get there. Um, so let's talk about some opportunities. So um, one of the things, the very first thing you need to do is you need to look at any marketing you're doing, look at every piece of marketing you're doing and look at the ROI, the return on investment you're getting from those. Um, what I would tell you is, first of all, cut out the ones that aren't getting a good return and maybe put your, your marketing eggs, you know, maybe if you want to cut your marketing a little bit, but shift the money out of, maybe, let's say you have five different things that you're, you're spending marketing on and two of them are kicking butt and you're getting a great ROI. The other three are okay. Cut the expenses on those three or significantly reduce them, but push that money into the two that are working. So what I would tell you is on the marketing side, I would expect that some marketing costs, depending on what it is, it's going to come down based on supply and demand, because a lot of your competitors, as you would expect, are going to start to cut, well, have already started, but they're going to continue to cut expenses based on all this, you know, the economic uh, challenges that we're seeing. And so as that uh, demand for marketing goes down, the supply is going to go up, which you should be able to get uh, at a cheaper rate for a lot of things, not everything, but a lot of different things will be cheaper. Um, so a lot of your competitors are going to think on a scarcity mindset and shrinking as opposed to abundance. You know, I'm not a fan of that. You got to make sure. Now, don't get all crazy. I'm not saying to get crazy with this, but you can't, you can't stop marketing. People are going to think you went out of business because especially with a lot of businesses having challenges and, you know, going out of business. So um, one thing that I'll tell you that if you want to be on the aggressive side, don't be afraid. It's going to sound crazy to borrow money. If you don't, have, if you're not in a bad debt position now to borrow money, to put it into marketing, if you know that you can get a 2x return on whatever the rate is that you're, you're, being, you're borrowing. So for example, if you have to borrow at 8%, you need to, be, you need to make sure that that marketing you're going to spend on is at least going to earn you 16%. At that point, it makes sense. Go ahead and do that. Um, I know that's aggressive, but it'll pay off in the end and it'll allow you to seize market share as your competitors are thinking scarcity and shrinking. 
So three steps I want you to do uh, critically, uh, very, very important is first of all, create a budget. If you don't have a budget, gosh dang it, you got to get a budget. I've talked about this a million times, especially, especially important during, you know, uh, economic challenges, during things when you're looking at cutting expenses or anything, you got to have a budget to know what the heck you're doing, where you're going, where you've been, how does it compare to two years ago, three years ago, et cetera, so you can make better uh, informed decisions. Um, mind your margins. I talk about this all the time. Make sure that you're not just willy-nilly cutting expenses because you might be cutting off your pipeline. I talk about this all the time. And when you're going to reduce expenses, you got to make sure that you're not uh, cutting down your sales pipeline. So it's very critical if you're going to reduce expenses that you're not reducing them in areas that are going to hurt your pipeline, which could be marketing, which could be you know cutting your customer service department, right? You, you have retention issues at that point. And, you know, along with minding your margin is you got to freaking crush that silent business killer I talk about. Any products or services you have that are break even are actually losing you money. And you probably have it if you haven't looked at this recently. Get rid of them. Either increase the prices so you're making money on those products or get rid of them. They will, in this type of environment, they will crush your business. They'll crush your cash flow and crush your business. We are out of time. Um, I tried to squeeze in as much. I had a few more things I wanted to cover, but unfortunately we're out of time. So do these things. You can have a successful 2023. You can gain market share. You can actually scale your business. This is the best time to do it actually during economic challenges. Thanks for watching. Have a great week. As always, don't forget cash flow is king. Become part of Mr. Biz Nation. Follow him on all social media platforms or never miss a show by going to MrBizRadio.com. If you prefer free video content, visit the Mr. Biz YouTube channel or check out his streaming channel, which is available on 100 plus streaming platforms at MrBizNetwork.com.